You're listening to Prize Fighting Kangaroo, a podcast about culture and film brought to you by Yab Yum Media and Arts. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Ashley Natsul. And I'm your other host, Amy Young. And today uh, we have a special guest in the studio with us to record this episode of Prize Fighting Kangaroo, and it is Tom Reardon. He's a local journalist and musician, uh, and he's going to join us today. We're focusing on directors. This year on PFK. Awesome. And uh, Tom had a has a penchant for Whit Stillman, uh, not a prolific uh, director or filmmaker, but uh, one who has some significance, I guess, uh, you know, in the overall pantheon of things. Um, so say hi, Tom. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Tom. <laughs> um, he follows directions. I, uh, I follow like directions yeah. well. I take things way too literally. I... Uh, I, I love, well, I should say, I love Whit Stillman's first three films. Okay. After that, not so much. Not a fan of Damsels in Distress? Um, honestly, I fell asleep. Ooh. All right, we will get to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, which is fine. And I can, you know, I can be, I will take, I will take the ribbing for that, but I often fall asleep in movies anymore, but... Uh, it takes a few times to watch them. What's like the most memorable like passing out watching movie experience you ever had? Well, if I'm at a theater, I typically don't fall asleep. Um, oh, I do. But but at home, it's pretty, you know, pretty. Uh, it's a usual thing to fall asleep. I think the last movie I didn't fall asleep in was that billboards, three billboards outside of Ebbing. Missouri? Missouri. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's the one of the last ones I remember like being on the edge of my seat, like what's going to happen next? I can't wow. not watch this. Um, all of the new Star Wars films have put me right to sleep. All right. That's so, fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I watched the first like 14 minutes of Rogue One. So I slept all the way through, didn't see the great unveiling at the end. Uh, you didn't really miss much. Yeah. That's what yeah. I kind of figured. I don't think like, uh, I think people want to have the excitement and the anticipation, but I don't think you really need to go into a Star Wars movie anymore with all that. Like, just go and see what happens. But I think it's kind of a crapshoot. Nobody's waiting in line for four hours in front of the Seneca Pre anymore. And that's the going back for I mean, if old they are, Phoenician. <laughs> I feel sorry for them because it's not there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not proud of the this, but when the Phantom Menace first came out, I waited 12 hours to be in there first. 12 wow. hours. Yeah, yeah. I was very invested in that being a good movie. So the first time we watched it, we're like, yeah, that kicked ass. We need like a little, we need some kind of like nerd alert sound. <laughs> like a <laughs> wah, wah, <laughs> yeah. nerd alert. Wait, yeah. which one's the Phantom Menace? Oh, man. That's like the one where, uh, it's the one where Vader's a kid. He's like, oh, wizard. That's, is that where Jar Jar yes. yeah. is oh, introduced? So bad. So bad. But you know what? We try to be honest here. So sometimes we like terrible things. I really would love to talk about the first three Wet Stillman movies. Oh, we will. This is this is but, like this uh, is like the foreplay before we made it. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like I, But beyond that, you know. Have you ever fallen asleep watching a movie and hurt yourself? 
Um, <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> I feel there's a story. Wait, wait, wait. I feel no. like this. That's the kind of question. It's like a prompt for a story. It's not. It did sound like that. It was like, then I was going to say, oh, yeah, that's how I broke my, uh, you know, tibia or something. Uh, that's a bone, right? Tibia. Yes, it is. <laughs> I think the closest thing I ever come to injuring myself while sleeping is um, I fell asleep, not during a movie, during a comedy show. <laughs> like, like it, was, it was like a traveling comedy show. Like, I was like the sound guy. And I had nothing to do because once the mic is on, whatever. So I, I, I lean on the couch. I pass out sleeping. And I wake up and they're riffing on me in the audience about my loud snoring. <laughs> <laughs> so I, my, my, my pride was very dull, a mortal blow that evening. Wow, that's better than any, any story I could have told. Usually it just involves me, like, dropping, dropping the remote. And then I have – even if I'm by myself, I have some kind of, like, weird shame about falling asleep. So I – Immediately, instead of just going like, wow, you're really tired. Why don't you go to bed? I pick up the remote. I rewind to where I was. And then I start the whole thing all over again. Then the crack of the remote hitting the floor wakes me up for the third or fourth time. And I go through this like some ridiculous ritual hmm. every time. And I never learn from it and just go to bed. You think it's a good age thing? Yes, I got something to prove. Like I think subconsciously uh, my mind is like, you, you know, you can stay up all night. You Used to stay up all night. Now it's right. 10 o'clock and you're asleep on the couch, you shameless bag of atrophy. Like, get up and... <laughs> <laughs> I am my shameless bag. I, I took a nap a couple weeks ago, which I never do ever. I felt I came out so refreshed. Like, that felt good. That's like an old person thing to do. I fell asleep at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Get used to it, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, get used <laughs> to that. But yes, Wood Stillman. So last time we all got together, we talked about uh, Richard Linklater. So kind of continuing this unintentional theme of 90s directors, I mean, Wood Stillman, that, that's the era he came up in. That's kind of where he became known for. Was Tom here? No. no. I think, oh. <laughs> I am more like he's in the weeds. I'm familiar week. with Richard Linklater. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're a ninja, like he's secretly hiding in the podcast the entire time. Yeah. It's another... Uh, Another component of getting old is that sometimes you just don't remember. And he said, we all. And then I panicked for a minute. I've thought, fallen asleep in several of his films. <laughs> See, you, you're, you're going to say that, but then you're going to defend at least three of Whit Stillman's movies. Sure. Name one Blinklater film that made you fall asleep. Uh, Boy's Life. <gasps> Sacre bleu. It was so good. I didn't say that I didn't finish it. I just fell asleep during okay. it. Well, you made it sound like fell asleep out of boredom. My wife, Rondi, she likes red box quite a bit. She gets them typically on a Friday or Saturday night, and we sit around as a family and watch films, and I get comfortable on the couch, and I fall asleep, okay. and then I finish them the next day well, or, or wait for them thing. to come out on cable. Yeah. All right. I didn't say that it wasn't a good movie. All that, I didn't think it was that good. I did. I enjoyed it. I didn't it. think it was amazing. But I then thought it was close. Ethan Hawke. Oh, oh no, you didn't. Uh, oh, this, this, ladies and gentlemen, knives are out already. Ethan Hawke, did you see any movies last year? Did you see Juliet Naked? Did you see no. First Reform? No, but I wanted to see that oh, one. Okay. I heard that was really good. Yeah, he's been consistent. Why would you not like him? He's, he gets so thrown in with like pretty boy of the 90s era or like people that came out of the Dead Poets Society and, you know. Just was he in Reality Bites too? Yes. Yeah. That was the worst movie. But that's why people hate him. It's, it's like that, that 90s soul patch yeah. douchebag They just persona. think that's him. But if a character can make you hate if him. If it looks like a 90s soul patch douchebag. Soul patch <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> no, can he's you, good. Can you take Training the soul day, patch douchebag out of the trailer? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. 
the sunrise training day movies. training day was good yes first reform he's great i wanted to see that one yeah yeah i like it did he play isn't that one where he plays like a freewheeling catholic priest who's down for a good time with robert de niro no <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's sleeper. I think it's, it's not, not a good time. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm don't, kidding. Don't, don't I, I, saw the tra- I saw the trailer. He's a priest, it super depressing. Yeah, it's it's grim. It's dark, but it's excellent. I feel like even Hawk's like in the Colin Farrell zone of when he was younger, he was like an insufferable douchebag actor. Yes. But as he's gotten older, you're like, oh, I like this guy now. Almost everything he's in is pretty good at this point. Yes. I will... Uh, I'll let you know after I see the ones from last year. We're going to take you down. <laughs> That's fine. That's what I'm here for. Hey, I, I actually do yeah. like Whit Stillman. Although the vibe I'm getting from Amy is uh, you may not. Uh... I mean. Let's talk about yeah. Metropolitan. Yes. Uh, yes, let's start which is start from the beginning. where everybody well, gets to know Whit Stillman. I don't think that was his first movie, right? That was. That was his first movie. Oh, it was? Yeah. Because mm. okay, then it um Metropolitan, Barcelona, Last Days of Disco. Yes. And yeah. For Dancels. that trilogy. Yeah. Okay. So you, I take it you did not like Metropolitan. Um, I didn't love any of those. I don't necessarily hate them. I have maybe a like-hate relationship <sighs> with them. Um, I want to know why you liked Metropolitan. I liked it at the time. I saw it in the theater, actually. I, it was on uh, here at the Camel View in uh, whatever year that was because I – Somebody saw it in New York when it premiered and told me it was great and that I would like it, and I did. Uh, I just, there wasn't anything really, there wasn't any movies like it at the time that kind of showed that side of um, what a few of my friends were experiencing in college in New York. So, well, they were in like, they're going to society. I had, some, I had a friend at Barnard and a, and a friend at Columbia at the time, and they were kind of getting immersed in a little bit of that culture from people they were meeting. Were they themselves from? No, no, they're from here. Interesting. So and we is... don't have any society here. So <laughs> they weren't already immersed in that there kind was... of culture. No, they so were not. They were not. They were, they had met people in school who were part of that world. Yeah. And so it was like, just, I thought it was kind of interesting. And it's very funny. Okay. Ash? I think what struck me about the film is like kind of, uh, how do I phrase this? I think it's like it's empathy. Where I feel like it'd be very easy to make that film make all those people look like complete assholes and make them insufferable. But he makes them mostly kind of likable. Where they are shallow and vain and the whole culture <laughs> there is ridiculous. But I don't also feel like he's also just taking a giant shit on them either. Like I feel like, it, it, I feel like when you watch that film, like you get the idea of why the outsider, you know, the Tom character. You get what he finds appealing about it. But you also see why he doesn't fit in and why he'll never really be a part of that world. And I think, I think it's interesting to me. Like when you watch a film like that, where you're like, it'd be so much easier to go, oh, look, look at these terrible, like, shitty bourgeois people. Screw them. And I kind of feel like the film doesn't take that easy tact where it shows you why the lifestyle is kind of seductive. And it shows them that, yeah, maybe some of them are, are doofuses, but some of them, like the Chris Eigenman character, actually have something kind of going on. Like, it shows you kind of why it's an appealing world, even if it is kind of a ridiculous one. Yeah, I guess that for me, I just never feel like I understand what his point of view is. Like, what is he trying to do? It never feels definitive to me. Like, it feels like he's sort of like, here's something I have experience with, so I'm going to showcase it a little bit. But I'm going to also give you an idea that, uh, like, maybe I'm poking fun at this a little bit. 
But I don't feel like that's where, what he really means either. I don't feel like it's sincere. Like he's almost like giving up a little poking fun at that culture, like just to save face or something. But I think that, that he is just obsessed with it. I think he's... But he was part of that I know. culture. I mean, that's. I think that was what he knew. It was like a portrait. Yeah, I know. Of, I get it. But that doesn't mean you have to like it. Like if you're a part of it, I would almost think you would... I don't know. Like he just doesn't have an. I guess this, I could sum it up by saying he doesn't seem to have enough disdain for it to me. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, the whole part about the urban haute bourgeois. Yeah, but he's. That, I don't or know. Ubs, or the UHB, <laughs> as they know. talk about. It's it's uh it's pretty, pretty pretty pointed. I think it is, but it just doesn't feel genuine. To no, you? it doesn't. I just don't. I don't know. I don't really feel a. Uh, I don't feel much of anything when I watch his movies. Like, I don't take investment in the characters. Uh, you know, I know that scene can be kind of cold, and so, but his movies are cold. Um, I don't like his actor choices. Like, I just, I'm just not a big fan. Oh, he like, definitely hasn't, hasn't chose, you know, I mean, no, uh, Chris Eigenman, someone out of all three of those movies who did the most kind of Taylor Nichols a little too. Yeah. Taylor Nichols actually care. probably has done more. Yeah, kind I don't of, necessarily he care pops up every once in a while still. What someone's done, but I want, especially if you're, uh, you know, you're kind of outside of the norm a little bit or you're outside of the giant mainstream and the big budgets or whatever, like find the people that really stand out. And I just don't. I think the budget for Metropolitan was less than half a million dollars. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're not using a giant budget uh, and you are working with, you know, independent actors and. Uh, find real strong personalities, people that stand out, or maybe be the defining point in their career in your movie. Uh, I think kind of what I like about it is that, especially that movie, there wasn't anybody who I knew. I'm in not the saying film. I have to know them. I'm just saying I want to see something in them that makes them exciting and makes me want to see them again. The mark of a great character actor. You don't have to know their name, but when you see their face, you can conjure up all of the emotions and feelings and, and everything that excited you about them in, in another movie. And but those people are all dying off. <laughs> no, they're not. Well, I get what you're saying, but I think it, it works metropolitan because I think it's very performative. Like these people are all trying to play a character. They're trying to, to play a role in that society. So they're not going to – and they're also like dumbass kids. So they're not going to have like super developed personalities. I mean the Eigenman character is probably the only one in that circle who really feels like like a real person. I mean I get it. I'm not – you know, there's not – it's not a comprehension thing. You know, I mean I, yeah. I get that. But I just – it just doesn't register with me like uh, in any of those reasons. Like I just hmm. didn't love it. Sorry. <laughs> It's all good. Yeah, I mean. What about something like Last Days of Discovery? I know it's jumping a little ahead, but that also features a cast of like more defined personalities. I mean, you do I have like that one better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's a... A lot of people hate that movie, though. Like, really? I've, I've, I like it a lot, but I've shared it with people, and they're like, what the hell is this? Do they give you any insight as to why? Um, that the, peop- the characters <laughs> were not easy to, to like. Because they're they're not really the easiest people to like in the world, but yeah, they're not. But it it the performances, I guess, to me, lent themselves more to uh, having them have a more stickiness or something, you know, a little more depth. In I don't have to like a character. I love to hate a character, but I want that relationship, that feeling, to have some depth to it, um, if that makes sense. And so 
in this, even though I didn't, I didn't love the characters in Barcelona, um, but I felt like even compared to Metropolitan, there was a little more depth I could find I felt to like my hatred, I, <laughs> for my hatred. I felt like he was a better director in, you'd see the progression for him oh, yeah. from Barcelona than to Last Days of Disco, but Last Days of Disco was a commercial flop. Yeah, I mean, I guess for moving along in the short train that he's yeah. had, uh, you know, he's probably developed his skills a little bit. But but even when you look at like when you look at Damsels later on, even then it's like like it, it the film's quality visually is much better. But it's like he, he doesn't do like crazy. It's he's like he's not like a Scorsese. He's not doing crazy camera movements or anything like that. Like no. like he just has a very kind of narrow registry works on. Yeah. yeah, and it's boring. As in no <laughs> well, crazy. Yeah, I don't agree with that, but. <laughs> I guess I find it a little droll. I just feel like he's kind of in the same lane that Noah Bombach is in his films, but I think Bombach is like more of an better. Oh, that's a good comparison. I don't know if he's better because I think Bombach is more acidic. Like I feel like he hates. I think Bombach feels like he hates most of his characters, and that's that's why it's for me it's hard like to get invested in his films. But that, like, that makes me feel something. I guess I don't. I just don't feel anything. I want and I want to feel something, even if it's hate or if it's something particular about the style of the movie making. And it's just all a big cold wash for me with Stillman. Like I, I feel a little. I don't know. I feel like Bombax a little more evolved, in my opinion. I, Maybe so. Sorry, guys. Oh, <laughs> it's all right. I'm still going to enjoy the movies. Yeah. No, you should. Of those three films, which one would be your favorite? Um, Metropolitan is, but just because it was the first one. And uh, like I said, it was kind of interesting to relate the movie to stories I was hearing from my friends at the time. And then, like, I disagree with Amy in when it comes to, I think, like, the Tom <laughs> Townsend character. He was in such a strange spot that I could identify with that in him being like an insider and outsider at the same time because he had grown up with some money and then his father had left the family, if I remember correctly, and he and his mom kind of lived a more, you know, modest exit. He had to rent his tux. And and that's, yeah, he comes from, you know, a a successful family, but his dad was an academic, I think. And so... I don't know that. But then I've read things about him where it's like, you know, I think his parents separated and then they had to live a little little more frugally, but it still wasn't that frugal, you know? It was <laughs> well, like it can, you still went to Harvard and you yeah. still, you know, and I mean, a lot of people can feel inside. Everybody feels inside. I feel inside and outside in this room right now. Like a lot of times you can feel like a insider and an outsider, an imposter in any situation. I can feel that in this room with three people that I – feel very close to and and have you know and care about um so eh, that doesn't it's still not enough well i said that that resonated for me though to kind of see see him go through that and like especially with him being a total hypocrite when it came to all of his philosophy that he was regurgitating from what he'd learned i was going to college at the same time so i knew a lot of i probably was doing that yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, you know, that's part of the human experience. And when you're young like that, too, or just getting into college, you're philosophizing a lot, you know, and uh, exploring, you know, meeting new people and getting into new cultures. And 
you know, you can feel all kinds of ways about, you know, who you are and you're trying to figure out who, who that is. And I get that that's part of the story. I just didn't, just didn't make me want to see it again. I don't know. Maybe at the time I first saw it, it wasn't uh, identifiable to my own world. So I, you know, I know I've thought a lot about it um, this last week. When was the last time you watched it? Metropolitan? Yeah. Eh, it's probably been 10 years. So I'm definitely, I would definitely go back and watch it again and see how I feel. Cause I know I, uh, you know, I probably have some of my own bias too, just as a poor kid, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With the, uh, you know, that whole kind of elite, uh, scenario. Sure. Um, is, you know, could probably factor in a little bit, but just as a movie, honestly, it just, for many of those reasons, wasn't real gripping for me. Oh, that's fair enough. That's a lot, right? That's, that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's all we have to do here is talk. I know, I know. Can we, we're not playing a song? No, (laughs) we can't play a song. It's not like the radio, Tom. That's, Uh, (laughs) that's okay. That's all right. (laughs) So we get to take a talk break and we just go to a song, cut to a song. Oh, we have to fill the dead art of our voices. Well, Ashley, you're a, a studied uh, film buff. Uh, I mean, do you think that Stillman registers like in line with great directors? Like, do you think he has a rightful place? I do think he fits in of certain traditions. Like, like I, look, I think of like a, a French like Eric Romer, for example, who are almost all of Romer's films, like a uh, Claire's Knee or My Night with Ma. They're 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 all like that, or they're just people in a room talking, but they're not like these narratively profound films or even aesthetically like really a big deal. They're just about like human interactions. I also don't need a aesthetically profound or a, a you know, a big deal. I just need it to be riveting for me. And I guess it wasn't. And I don't know if I think he's, he's that amazing, you know? I think it's almost like the Kevin. It's, uh, to me, he's almost like the weird inverse of Kevin Smith. <laughs> well, no, well, because they're hangout. They're both hangout films. Like, you watch Clerks, you're watching two like doofuses like, talk talking about pop Kevin culture. Smith a lot. Which, but I think it's a similar film too, where it's like there's no Metro doesn't have any really stakes to it. Again, it's like it's a snapshot. Yeah, it's a snapshot. Two weeks and, or even maybe even less than two weeks, and without a single, I think, time where anyone says cocksucker though. Or talks about sucking dicks, as in cl- with clerks. That's true. That is very true. It Maybe that's kind what of I need. Twice Maybe I need a minute, I think. Dick talk. That's true. More oh. dick talk. More, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. So maybe we should overdub a copy of Metropolitan for you <laughs> <laughs> with clerks. We're so, gonna mash up now. You ultimate crossover yeah. event. <laughs> I, uh, you know, sometimes and I was thinking in uh, Barcelona. Maybe there were times when I thought. I wonder if Stillman's work would work better to me as a play. I could definitely see Metropolitan (laughs) as a play. And then I thought, maybe that's what it is. And then I thought, you know what you are, buddy? You're like a budget mammoth. Like you wish you were mammoth, but you're not. But you take a little bit from his stillness and his stiffness in dialogue, but you're you're just not a sharp. I guess. I would disagree. I, mean, I, think <laughs> I really no, disagree I, with I that. I see where you're going with <laughs> yeah. that, but, you know, the dialogue is... anybody is, out there Dialogue's pretty side. good. Yeah. It has some distress. I actually think that's a really well-written film. And I, it's sort of thing like, I'd watch that, I'd be like, I don't think Mamet can make that. Because I think, like, I like Mamet a lot. Yeah. I think he's a great, oh, yeah. great storyteller. But I also think he's a little high on his ass about, like, you know, just, you know, 
men, honor, tough guys. Really? All Barcelona's about is like, oh, let's have some more guys waxing on about like what the value of how beautiful women are and how it affects a man's life. And, you know, oh, yeah. That's how it's the weakest of the three films. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. But I just don't see Mammoth producing something like Dan's Dress where it's almost all a, a woman's perspective. Okay, or no, even, oh, like, no, no. I mean, girl. I was speaking strictly to the, the trilogy there. And I kind of felt like um, it, that's what it made me think. It made me think, these would these these movies work better as a play? And then I thought, I feel like you're taking a little bit from that. Like you sort of wish you had you were that that cold and that sharp at the same time but i don't think he is i think he's cold and dull i just disagree with the cold assessment like which it's a valid it's a valid perspective i I just don't think his films are cold yeah i I don't i don't really see that either there's aspects of it that's super cold and i get it life is cold and a lot of people we meet are cold and scenarios are cold and whatnot but it's just i don't know it just feels like there's just not much there for me to grab onto did you like Barcelona? I did like Barcelona, but I think part of what I enjoyed about Barcelona was um, was Chris Eigenman's performance. Um, and he, I think, well, Taylor Nichols was good in it too. And so the banter between the two of them was pretty fantastic. And it was kind of fun to see those guys again because I was such a big fan of Metropolitan to see them again. We heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know... <laughs> I will not be getting you a Criterion Collection <laughs> version of that for a gift anytime soon. Um, but uh, so I think that was part of the fun of it. I mean, I don't. I think of it's the weakest of the three, um, and it's not one that I, I've probably watched it twice, maybe over time. But I've not re- revisited as like Metropolitan if it's on like. IFC or something, I'll watch. I'll watch it, which it never it, is because IFC now is almost entirely well. Now, like, yeah, but it used it yeah, used to be there? it used to be on IFC oh, occasionally, yeah. and I you know it's on it one of the cable like the movie channels will show it every once in a while. They never show Barcelona, yeah. uh, and Last Days of Disco gets shown quite a bit too. I mean, it pops up every once in a while, but I think that's mainly because of Chloe Sevigny, probably. Did you see Barcelona Ash? while back that's definitely the haziest one for me yeah i mean they had some decent banter between them they're like you know very sort of very different from each other but honestly they're they're both kind of the same they're self-absorbed well they could have almost been playing the same characters from metropolitan and I think, but I think that's oh, why yeah, that's like why i kind of like it was a slightly growing they've grown be, up yeah. a little bit supposed right. to be a thread there yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're def. I mean, and again, that's his time in Spain, him, and it's him recreating the snapshots of his actual life. If that's your time in Spain, comma, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I was interested too because he kind of feels like the Martin Donovan role that he has for like uh, Hal Hartley, where it feels like he feels like, I even feels like he's a surrogate for like uh, Stillman. Like when I watch his movies, I always kind of imagine like if anybody in this film was the director, would Eichmann be the director? Because like he's a common Fred in all those movies. I think it's more than that one, though. I think that was, it's more. I would have said Taylor Nichols was oh, represented right. more of Whit Stillman, where Tom Townsend and Metropolitan is. Yeah, is. yeah, I guess you're right. That makes sense. But unlike the fantastic, wonderful, and very dynamic uh, 
Hartley Donovan uh, correlation. The Stillman slash either one of those actors just still doesn't have as much really, like Ivan excitement. Ivan? He's all right, ah, but I it doesn't I, it doesn't I, I, compare yeah. to yeah. He I mean I like him. I will say that I like him, but it doesn't compare to me to the Hartley slash Donovan. I mean they don't. It doesn't give that much presence. It doesn't have that much presence. Like the Hartley Donovan, like yeah. That, well, that's, that's a, a, it's also interesting because Hartley because Donovan's usually was always like the leading man in how his films. Whereas Eggman always feels like he's a secondary character. Yeah, and he's great in that role, but he he, he never feels like he's the focus of the films. Yeah. He steals every scene he's in. Yeah. Yeah. Sorta, of, <laughs> I guess. Well, I would say in your opinion that wouldn't be hard for him to do. Especially in Metropolitan, since you did not like it. Yeah. So have you gone on to see, like, uh, I know he's made a couple of other movies. No, uh, I'm sadly behind, but. You? Damsels is really good. It's it's interesting, because again, because. I haven't seen that one. It's re- I, I, it's my personal favorite, because I feel like, it's, I think it's like the funniest film he's made, but I also feel like it feels like it's mocking the other films. It takes place in college. The, the focus is almost all on that group of women. But it's it, it feels like when you're watching it, it feels like I'm not watching his experience being filtered for a movie. Whereas I think, you know, the point you're making earlier, a lot of his other films feel like, oh, this is a snapshot of his life rendered in the fiction. Where Damsels doesn't really feel like it's his story at all. Uh. Does it need to? I don't think it, no, I don't think it does at all, no. But I, I, it's interesting because, again, cause it's a different different group. It's female-driven, and again, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's his story. Yeah. Does it feel like a better movie because it doesn't feel like his story? Maybe. Like maybe he took he took himself out of it a little bit, and you could see that he has uh, some expansion beyond just telling his own story. I think it's, I think there's an element of that. But I also think it comes back to Metropolitan, too, where it feels like the characters, there are a lot of characters in Damsels who feel like they're ridiculous, but I never feel like he's making fun of them. Like there's a character named Four who's like this kind of idiot frat boy who actually gets some really good lines and you actually feel like you actually feel the film actually likes that character. Did you say Four? Like the number Four? No, Four isn't like a God of Thunder. Oh, Four. Okay, sorry. No, it's all good. I, hey, thought, I thought Gene Simmons was the God of Thunder. Ugh. <laughs> oh, whoa. Well, I'm, I'm, I hate Kiss. Oh. But does this, this has never come up before? I don't think so. Oh yeah, no, no. I, I am, I am, hundred percent not on the. Can we, ta- yeah? Can train. we take a little detour for a second? Oh yeah, sure. Have you always felt that way? Always. Even when you were a little kid, you didn't get uh, like. Oh. Nope, nope. To me, they have always been capitalist pig fuckers of the highest order. The worst. <laughs> the absolute worst. Tom. Um, I'm not a fan of Kiss either. Yeah. Um, I did purchase Kiss Alive too as a child. Yeah. Um. Because it's car- was car- cartoon like, but I never really dug any of the songs. I'm gonna say it. I'm I'm with you guys. I was you know of course when you're a kid growing up in that time period, it's like oh this is you know pretty exciting to look at and uh, it pretty interesting and stuff. But uh, I definitely didn't evolve the same way as a lot of my friends who have gone on through their teens and now you know many decades later or whatever still. Members of the Kiss Army. Kiss Army, still complete Kiss fanatics. (laughs) (laughs) They make their own coffins, for God's sakes. Like, I know. Is there something wrong with that? Yeah. 
I just that's a whole other show. Well, I mean, part of it to me is that they're just it's not like wimpy metal music. Like they have this incredible, they have this incredible image. Like I won't take that. I won't deny it's all that image. Right, it's all image. But the music itself is just so like there's nothing so, like, there. Average bar band music. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like if you if you took their version of Black Diamond compared to like the replacements version of Black Diamond, it's like the mass is like a million times better. <laughs> yeah. And they're like not even they're not even really trying in that song. That's like a piss take, and it's it is vastly superior to the original. I version. have been surprised that it's. I don't know if it it really is just a nostalgia trip for so many people that in our age group that still love them. If that's purely what it is, because I'm like, really? I think it is. You're still loving these songs, like you still. I mean, it would be hard to pick a favorite Kiss song. There's a couple fun ones, you know. I mean, we did Kiss for Halloween in the in my band a few years ago and stuff, and like they're fun to play. Big. You know, rock songs, but big dumb rock. Big dumb rock, yeah. If it's good for Halloween, I don't want to listen to that every day. You know, but it's also like you have. If you want big dumb rock, you have Van Halen. You have <laughs> David Lee Roth. Van Hagar or Van Halen. See, uh, I'm it's almost my like head at this it's, approval it's right almost now. like I know you can't see it with your listeners. I'm and she's just tossing one piece of salt in it at a time. No, yeah. no, no. If, if you if you were to say Van Hagar, I, I'm just gonna walk out right now. That is a bridge too far. Not even Sammy Hagar thinks he's the best singer in Van Halen. Yeah, I was just trying to, I was just trying to throw some tricks at you. No, no one. There's no one that. Uh, would agree. I don't think there's one person. Oh, there's, they're out there. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. There's probably at least like one person in the world thinks Gary Sharon is the best singer in Van Halen. And that man is Gary Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So well, we we, uh, we took a tour there. What about Gary Sharon's mom? She Oof. probably does, yeah. She Oof. probably like, that's, that's my baby. That's the yeah. best version <laughs> of that band. <laughs> so look at you out there. If she's still alive, let's, let's have real talk. She's probably... She's probably passed on. Honey, but... that band didn't exist before you, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's right. If those boys don't want to play with you anymore, that's their problem. That's... <laughs> they don't know what they're yeah, missing. That's right. Uh, but the, the moral of the story is if you really need some people dressing up like kabuki mutants, just go listen to Guar, okay? Like, you don't need Kiss in your life. Just go listen to some Guar instead. Do you like the Guar songs better? Uh, yeah, because it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I would... Especially um, the Scum Dogs of the Universe record, or this toilet, or this toilet Earth. Which, come on, how's that not like the greatest title ever? Yeah, I mean, it's hard, in to, some it's hard ways to argue. I think Metropolitan is a better title, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. But now imagine if Metropolitan was called this Toilet Earth, but it was exactly the same, same in every respect. Just called it this Toilet Earth. Yeah, oddly fitting. It'd work, wouldn't it? It would Perfect. work. Mm-hmm. Or Virgin Metropolitan starring the the alien from Guar. But the rest of the film is exactly the same. It's all about debutantes in New York, except they're like oh, the jizz monsters they in space. Oh, but then sit around and talk shit about Kiss. That's right. I think yeah. we can come up with a better movie, Amy. So, like, I mean, even you can <laughs> sign, off, sign off on this one. What is it? <laughs> Metropolitan starring Guar. Yeah. Or... Like the the <laughs> the, the Motley Crue movie that just came out on Netflix. Oh, um, but what if Whit Stillman directed like the story of Van Hagar? Oh, I would so pay money. Or, or <laughs> like like a, like a Wes Anderson hair metal movie would be the greatest thing ever. Think about it. 
I love Wes Anderson. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be and incredible. I think that would be that would be great. Who? Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> he works with Bill Murray sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's like been known he, to. He holds Bill Murray's balls while he's fluffing or something. Yeah, okay. I feel like the last days. No, of he's peroxide. really good. The last days of peroxide. Ooh, <laughs> with Stillman's hair metal movie, that'd so, be incredible. Yeah. While you're here, we might. Chris Eigerman just... is playing Blackie Lawless from Wasp. <laughs> that could work. That could work. You like a snapping turtle do be be McMars. <laughs> Taylor Nichols is Rob Halford. <laughs> so you didn't like the dirt, I guess, from your cringing. I mean, it's pure. Just 100% pure, silly, fun entertainment, right? I mean. Yeah, but, you know, I think I've been on the record plenty of times about my opinion of music biofilms in general. Like, it's a genre that I just cannot stand. But also because it's the dirt. I mean, have you read the book? No. It is. Oh, it's the worst. It is the fucking worst. If half that book is true, they should all be in prison. Like, it's that bad. It's basically like sex crimes of a book. (laughs) Sex crimes. It really is. That's not even an exaggeration. (laughs) I've never heard anybody who knew those guys say that they were good dudes. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, it doesn't surprise. Yeah. It's not a revelation, right? right? It just. Right, but, is the, but is the film about that? Or is it like kind of like a, or is it more like a self like pat on the back? I feel like it's, a, it's celebratory. Well, yeah. it's one of the dudes who was involved with making the Jackass movies is the director. So yeah, I see, I, I had heard that going in. So I knew what I was knew what to expect that it was going to be the big dumb rock of movies. That's a good point. I like the Jackass movies. I do, I'm I not saying that. they're I super those. entertaining, but if you think, all right, one of those guys is going to make a biopic of Motley Crue, <laughs> well, there's going to be boobs. Which and nothing wrong with boobs, um, but yeah. no, but it was pretty blatant, um, and none of them could really act except the guy from uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah. Yeah, and he was great as Mick Mars, but and that's it's not saying a whole lot. But he was the only one that had any chops, I thought. But see, but now I can't picture, I can't see that actor. I'm thinking of Ramsey. So when I'm watching that movie, I'm like, okay, when's Mick Mars gonna like torture somebody? When's he gonna feed somebody the dogs? It's gonna happen. I'm gonna say this right now before we go any further. I can't go on a Game of Thrones. Uh, we can't go down a Game of Thrones path. Oh, why not? Because I said so. I'm oh, tired of hearing you, are about you, are it. Are you not caught up yet? No, I'm not caught up. I'm like Ooh. five seasons behind. I'm trying oh, not listen Lord. to it. That's all everybody talks about. But if Whit Stillman would it. have directed like the Red Wedding episode, they would have just sat around Game and, of Thrones and talked. At, and at they, would have, they would have dropped dead. From... <laughs> okay. Game of Drones. Game of Drones, yes. <laughs> Chris Eigman as Tyrion. <laughs> I drink and I know things. <laughs> No, no Game of Thrones. Did you see Lords of Chaos? Lords of Chaos. Yeah, it's um, the which one is that? Oh, that's the one about the death mayhem. Yes. Yeah, well, I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but with the with the other Colkin, the other Colkin. Oh, that's the lesser yes. known, the lesser. It's like the lesser Bobka in the Seinfeld episode, the cinnamon Bobka, <laughs> which the lesser Bobka is the Rory. Rory. So there, there was Macaulay, and then who's the one that was in? There's Kieran. Kieran. Kieran, he was the one that was in uh, Down with Down Goes Igby, or Igby Goes Down. Igby Goes Down, That's and right. Saved, yeah, and, and Saved. Oh yeah, that's solid. Movie. Yeah. I enjoyed, I enjoyed Igby Moore. Goes Down too. Yeah. Adorable, yeah. Not to uh, 
But Jeff Goldblum just objectify was her killer anything. in that. She's got a, I meant that as a whole rounded thing, like her personality. She's great. Like of course, her. she got into the suck into the black hole that is Ryan Adams. Yeah. Who was that? I didn't. Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore. Oh, okay. I said she was adorable, but then I clarified that I was not just talking about how what what she looks like, but all the way right. around, she seems like a that was a fun movie. charming human God being. How dare you objectify <laughs> Tina on this show? How dare you? I know. I tried Poor to Mandy I tried to redeem Moore. myself before we we cut this down and put it out for everybody to hear. Okay. Um, yeah. How do you think Mandy Moore would have done if she played Cersei Lannister? I don't care. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be interesting. Oh, yeah, because people who love Game of Thrones will take any idea, and then they're like, hmm, that would be interesting, because they just want to keep talking about Game of Thrones. You would sit here all day with Tom and be like, but what about if Chuck Woolery was like, uh, you know. Ned Stark? Yeah. He'll be back in two and two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two and two centuries. Uh <laughs> It's no... Just a little off the top. <laughs> yeah. hey We're about to have our first walkout door slamming <laughs> event. Have I walked out before? No, Has, Have yet. you walked out? Oh. Nobody's it's walked out, right? I'll, I'll just spoil the whole thing on the way out. Okay. I don't even care. I'm just tired of hearing about it. Not People are obsessed with Game of Thrones. Why do you keep talking about it then? You keep bringing it up. Ooh. Yeah, it's a fun show. I tried to go to Lords of Chaos and then that turned into how... How did we get here? <laughs> I thought I'm not wondering about it. It was Kiss's fault. <laughs> oh, Kiss. Why couldn't they have been at the right We were wedding? talking about <laughs> the subject at hand, probably, which was, uh, you know, the dullard known as Whitstillman. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Folks, yeah. this shows you how much planning we did this yeah. episode. So, We're like, let's do Whitstillman. <laughs> not aware of Amy hates Whitstillman. I thought I'd throw a little uh, wrench into the program oh, today. That's right. We've had plenty of people that we've discussed on this show that you do not care for very much. That is very true. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Tom, do you have any feelings on Michael Bay? Because you know what? Ashley does not like Michael Bay. Let's let's remind me what Michael Bay's biggest film. Go ahead, Ashley. All right. uh, Bad Boys. Bad Boys 2. Wait. The... Not the Sean Penn Because I love the Sean Penn bad boys Fantastic movie. movie. We're talking about the Martin Lawrence movie. Yeah, I couldn't get into that. Eastside Morales, Sean Penn... It's a great story. The guy who played Horowitz, I forget yeah. what his name he is. Was he was yeah. great. And he was in a bunch of movies for a he little was. while, and then he just went away. He was a strong character actor. And then, you know, then Michael Imperioli inhabited his body kind of, and yeah. got a nose Good job. And, uh, yeah. You know, it was all. I've never, never seen a picture of the two of them together. This is on less and less familiar now. It's like 80. I want to say it's early, very early 80s. 80s. Yeah. And they are two uh, bad boys. Bad They're bad boys. Yeah. No, this is not. That's a different bad voice. Who have an uh on the outside of jail have a, a personal Ali issue. Sheedy. Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy. Oh, uh, right. yeah, and then yeah. they end up in Very the nice. same uh, and, uh, juvenile detention. The facility. dude from uh, the Highlander, the Kurgan, is the the big <laughs> Clancy, I Brown. Clancy Brown. Thank That's you. Right. I was that his, he's Clancy Brown's in in Bad Boys as well. Um, so is Alan Ruck. Oh wow! Alan Ruck yeah. is in. Briefly. Very nice. Yeah. You um, know him as? As uh, the dude from that t- show on TV. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, getting for a show, <laughs> that show on TV. Well, I read an interesting theory um, about Ferris Bueller's Day Off that- um, yeah, He was Cameron. That, that, the, oh. the, the, actually, the <laughs> oh. people who think that all of that is happening in Cameron's mind and that Ferris Bueller doesn't actually exist. 
That would be great because you know who I don't like? Ferris Bueller. <laughs> I don't like that movie. I don't like. Are you anti Broderick? Uh, yeah, yeah. No. That, that's a, that pause liked, says. Yeah, I liked that, him in Election. I thought he was great. It's fantastic. Uh, in election Beyond. Yeah. No, I think he's he's. I actually think he's he's pretty. Alexi Blues. Yeah. No, he's great. I yeah, like he's him. talented. He's, he's great at acting, killing people with his car. I mean, he's he's good at a lot of things. <laughs> Right, I forgot hey, about that. Just a reminder, Matthew <laughs> Who Broderick knew killed somebody. you drove on the left side of the road? <laughs> yeah. He, uh, you know, he, mar- he married Sarah Jessica Parker, who I don't like at all, and I, I yep. find very irritating. Yep. Uh, I like I liked, him. I like Divorce. That's a pretty Divorce good show. is a great show. Yeah. And Thomas Hayden Church. He, well, he pretty much. So according to that no, theory. he doesn't, but Tracy Letts does, because Tracy Letts in anything is, uh, he's a scene stealer. So does Ferris's sister exist in this fairy? Because we do get cuts back to her. Well, so that's all Cameron's head. Is he imagining like Jennifer her? Jennifer Grey? Yeah. Is he imagining is Who Cameron was in the car her? with Matthew Broderick when he mm. hit the people in Ireland? Ooh. Did, was that they also were, they part were of Cameron's a, They were a thing then. Oh, that's right. So Alan Ruck mm-hmm. framed Matthew Broderick <laughs> for this whole time. Here's the thing. Cameron was the Cameron was the scene stealing uh, character in that whole movie. Oh yeah, he was the best character in that whole movie. Uh, Ferris Bueller was a terrible human being. Oh yeah, he was I mean, if you really thought about yeah. how he was manipulating Manipulate, everything yeah. around him, it's like Ferris is, is Bugs Bunny and Cameron's Daffy, because everything always goes right for Ferris no matter what, and everything constantly goes wrong <laughs> for Cameron. So our sympathies are with Cameron because Cameron, you know, he's got the shit out of the stick. Yeah. But where I love it in Bugs, I don't love it in uh, Ferris. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I love Bugs. Don't love Ferris. I don't know. I just don't think of all of the John Hughes movies. Eh, you could pack that one away for me. I don't need I, to I, see I would agree. Well, speaking of Bugs, you know they're doing another Space Jam? <laughs> That's right. Nostalgia gone crazy. Apparently today is to talk about things Ashley really likes or really doesn't like. And he doesn't like Michael Bay, but he loves Space Jam. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do not slander me with that accusation. You love Space Jam. I hate Space Jam. He talks about it all the time at Trivia. Because it's the worst. It's the best It's the worst. Have you seen it? Oh, I I had a, you know, a child of that, the age who wanted to go see movies like that when it came out. So, um... It was a hard one to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a film in which Patrick Ewan's erectile dysfunction is a side plot in a kid's movie. <laughs> I'm serious. P.S. They make a joke about it. P.S. This is all Whit Stillman's fault because he didn't have enough <laughs> ideas to make more movies that we could talk about. So he had to have a short career about, uh, you know, relative to his weird, I think he white, really could have. Whit Stillman would have got a much better performance out of Michael Jordan, though. I mean. Well, he probably would be excited because it might have been his first time meeting an African-American human being oh. or putting one in a film. Ooh. Even some of the people in Barcelona playing the uh, characters in Spain were clearly not Spanish, Spanish folk. Yeah. I just, Ooh. whoa, I just wow. went out there. Just, yeah. uh, you know, hey, that, that, that's a legitimate <laughs> hit, man. Wow. That's very true. I, n- I never thought about that. Yeah. It's so white. That's one of the things that his movies, I mean, I I know that the large part of that culture that's, uh, you know, Upper East and West society, blah, 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 is, but it's just like, oh. All right. It's the Woody Allen problem. It's like there are other people in the universe. Yeah. 
even in the rich waspy world. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah, like that's a true. budget Woody, but he's like, a... <laughs> yeah. That could have helped Patrick the, Ewing a budget Woody. He's the lesser. <laughs> Ooh, name for a band, budget Woody. Budget Woody. He's the lesser Bobka and the lesser Woody. <laughs> We're having Ooh. so much fun today, guys. That's, Whoa. Or the, the lesser Bobka versus the budget Woody. Exactly. A uh, Woods Stillman Space Jam. Uh, there have a, he's got the George R. R. Martin work ethic. Like he does like one thing every 10 years. So not going to happen. Yeah. No. I think he is actually, I did read that he's making a movie currently. I think so, yeah. I think he's working on some new stuff. I mean, Hal Hartley hasn't made a ton of movies, uh, but at least they've all been good. Yeah. What's, of... what's your favorite of Hal Hartley's films? Oh, boy. Uh... Is that like pick, picking between your children? Or... Yes, pick your child. Wow, Tom. Well, you live? know I don't have any children, so that's a... I, I yeah. there's some very lovely dogs at your house yeah. that I would count as children. I can't. Yeah. It is like picking between between children. So pick. No. Amy's choice. Pick <laughs> the dog you want to live. I don't know. But first, some cabbage. <laughs> uh, I have to think about that for a minute. Move on. Okay, you give us a topic. Do you like we'll Cal Um Have you seen any? Sure, of I believe so. Yeah, if I'm thinking of. I know you do. How Hartley, we're still trying to get you to come to Phoenix. Yes. We did a movie screening. We invited you here. We told the people, come to Phoenix. And it didn't happen. Uh, we're trying to make it happen. That's right. Yeah. Yes. We want to have just a one night with Hal Hartley, maybe at the film bar. Yeah. What, are you, what, what are you going to screen? We'd figure that out. Yeah. I'll watch anything. But you can't name a favorite. I don't have to. I ask you. <laughs> For me, it might be. But you don't have to answer. I'd be trust. I think trust is pretty great. But so is an. But so is no such thing. Amateur. I mean, it's. He's made a bunch of films that are pretty much fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Have you seen anything recently that's new that you'd like to share with us before you go? As the most recent down on time? thing. I'm trying to think of what what we've red boxed recently. Oh. So we watched Serenity with uh, <laughs> that. Yes. I wish we would have brought that up earlier. <laughs> oh, we have a three minutes at least. McConaughey. All right. Um, <laughs> you know, he's usually pretty good. I usually enjoy his movies. I don't I don't know that that person who made the film and I, I read about it. I can't remember his name, but I don't know that he knew what he was doing. Or what movie he wanted to make. I can believe that. Did you see the film? Yep. It. Did you see it, Amy? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you oh. should. It's almost so bad that it's good. I see that it it's, got it's, 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's one of those ones that's so bad that you almost have to watch it to see just like how bad can these professionally trained oh, actors. Oh, and Hathaway's in it? Oh, you don't She's, like the Hathaways? I don't. Some, something I read said, compared her to a live version of uh, Jessica Rabbit in this film, and it was not that was not far off. No, that's pretty pretty accurate. Pretty pretty accurate, yeah. yeah. Especially in the the seduction scene. I like <laughs> Diane can, Lane, and she's in it. But then when you realize, oh, that's that's the kid manipulating this, and he wants to watch mommy and daddy. 
Whoa. Is there somewhere you can see? Is it on it's like on, streaming now? Or it's is it on a, red. It's in Redbox. It's, I mean, okay. you, it's, it's straight it's, to. It's, it's an interesting concept. Really, it is. It, it yeah. is. But the execution oh, is horrible. is lousy. It's just terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. At first, you're kind of like, oh, this might be all right, and then and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, people I like their acting usually have turned into cardboard characters. It would make a really good Cronenberg movie. Yes, okay. Cronenberg could have premise like that. He would he would sink his teeth into pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Now I'm curious. Maybe yeah. I'll just take a peek at it. It it really uh, is like it's almost it's almost funny. Tom, we're running out of time. If you had to just tell everybody this one thing we want to know about you, name your top three favorite movies. Can you do my it? My top okay? three or five favorite three movies. You stayed awake through. <laughs> stayed awake through. Well, Jaws is my all time favorite movie. Yeah, I knew that um, because it has everything. It uh, it literally does. Um, and then uh, things, the other movies that I, I will always watch and never pass up. Um, Dr. Detroit. Wow, with, yeah. Uh, you know, our friend Dan Aykroyd yeah. is a favorite of mine. That's um, a good one. That's a good one. Solid. And uh, Big Trouble in Little China is one oh, that yeah. never Beautiful. goes old for me as well. Wait, no one ever brings up Dr. Detroit. That's a, yeah. yeah. Well, it had deep Devo cut. was on yeah. the, did the, you know, Mark Mothersbaugh did most of the soundtrack, if I remember correctly. And there's several Devo songs there. And um, two more. Two more. Um, another film that I love is Lost in America, Albert Brooks movie. Oh, that's oh, yeah. a really good one. Um, yeah. that, uh, that's like a, you know, one that I won't turn off. Albert Brooks, genius. Albert, yeah. Albert Brooks, I can watch all I watch all of his movies. I own most of them. He's on, pretty great. In one form or another. I have Lost in America on VHS. So, yeah. DVD. VHS and DVD. And, and that's real. And Blu-ray, <laughs> not quite yet. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 is a favorite oh, of mine. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Little Dennis yeah. Hopper uh, Chainsaw Duel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's there's some there's talk about some brilliant brilliant lines in that movie. <laughs> yeah, well, we really appreciate you coming down here today. I, uh, I appreciate those... now that I don't feel so great about my love for Whit Stillman. No, you should feel so Thanks good for that, about Amy. it. You should Thanks. sink into your conviction always. Well, not, uh, well rooted, no, because stay rooted, friend. I gotta wear a pointy hat now to watch it. <laughs> We're and gonna burn uh, a cross. Have somewhere. you back on to talk about more stuff? <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love those, to. Tom is in the band. You can hear him in Father Figures, uh, mm-hmm. local Phoenix-based band, uh, and he also co-hosts the radio show. It's not our fault with Tom and Amy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the Amy in that equation. Spoiler. Also part of the Yab Yum Radio Hour from the fine team at Yab Yum. Media and Arts. Ashley and I are around every last Tuesday of the month at Valley Bar, located in downtown Phoenix, for Trivia Dome. Trivia Dome, Dome, Video Drum's another movie that I can watch all the time. Video Drum's a fantastic movie. Uh, we like to thank Mark for uh, producing today uh, and all the time. And uh, Ashley, would you like to say a few words in closing? Uh, until next time. That's all, folks. I found a knife while crawling through the hanging. It can't make the boat turn warm, so I keep it right next to me. This light, you gotta take the good with the